Hello, I'm Marvin Fant, and this is Fantline, where we're not afraid to speak truth, and it doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal, Democrat or Republican, because right always trumps over wrong. Enough said. everyone. I'm Minister Marvin Fant, and I'm going to start the new year off right. As you can see in the title, it's called a new year, but God's promises are still the same. See, you know, a lot of people that are going to make New Year's resolutions to uh, start fresh, start over, and they're going to start fresh, start over. But my thing is, we should be doing that on a daily basis. We should be growing in God on a daily basis. We should start. We should be starting anew, always trying to improve ourselves. Not just wait for the start of the calendar year, but always continually trying to grow, learn, and trust in the Lord because all right everyone I'm Minister Marvin Fant and I'm going to start the new year off right as you can see in the title it's called a new year, but God's promises are still the same. See, you know, a lot of people that are going to make New Year's resolutions to uh, start fresh, start over. And they're going to start fresh, start over. But my thing is, we should be doing that on a daily basis. We should be growing in God on a daily basis. We should start, we should be starting anew, always trying to improve ourselves, not just wait for the start of the calendar year, but always continually trying to grow, learn, and trust in the Lord, because this is what this is all about. So instead of resolutions, I'm going to give you. 10 promises that God has for us, <clears throat> excuse me, and it never changes. It never changes. I got 10 of them for you. And if you have your Bibles, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> turn to Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Now it says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So what is this promise saying? This promise is saying that he's telling you, first of all, don't have any fear. Don't have any fear about anything. 
whether it be uh, lack of a job, lack of finances, um, being threatened by someone, whatever it may be, don't have any fear. When you trust in him, when you abide in him, there is no reason to fear. And that's a promise because he has your back. That is the promise. Okay, now my second one, Jeremiah 29 and 11. Now I'll give you some time to get to that. Jeremiah 29 and 11. I'll go ahead and read. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. <clears throat> now this promise, he says, I have a plan for you. He has a plan for every one of us. Every one of us, he has a plan for. Now it's up to us to realize what that plan is. But he has a goal for each and every one of us. And that's a promise. That's a promise you can bank on. He has a purpose for you and he has a purpose for me. But the more we are intimate with him, the more knowledge you have of his plans. But he, he see, the thing is, he wants us to confide in him. He wants a one-on-one -on -one relationship. He wants to grow with you. He wants to be with you. He wants to be about you. That's a promise. Okay, the third one, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Exodus 20, 12. Now I'll give you a few seconds to get to it. And some of you may already know this. But it says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You know, when I, when I read, read this, I had to look back over that and think about it. That last part that he says, so that you may live long in the land, so that you may live long in the land, the Lord your God is giving you. Hmm. Live long in the land your Lord God has given you. So, <laughs> is he saying he's given us land? Again, see, that, that, that's why I always say we, we have to get intimate with him because there's promises out there for us. We have to be open and in position to accept his gifts and promises. But I go back to this. It says, honor your father and your mother. Give them honor. 
Acknowledge them as your father and mother. And I know some people, you may have issues with your parents, not because not all parents are loving. Let's just be real about that. Not all parents are loving. You know, you, you can have some that could be just the lowest of the low. But if you're unfortunate to have someone like that as a, as a parent, it would behoove you. And that means it would be an addition for you. It would be a blessing to you if you honor them. And not, not you know, I'm not talking about in the situation of if they're doing something wrong and you follow suit and, you know, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, this is talking about giving respect to your parents, no matter how they are, who they are, give respect to them. Even though they may mistreat you, may they may they, they may not be the, the nicest person around, but you still give respect to them because God sees this. God sees this when you give respect to someone in position of authority over you. He honors that. And that's a promise. He honors it with long life. Now, some people may still have an issue with that because, well, I'm not going to go into details, but you can get the gist of what I'm saying when it, when it comes to giving honor and maybe someone had passed away at a young age. That's, that's a, that goes into another direction. God has other reasons going on. But I'll go on to the next one. James chapter one, verse five. James chapter one, verse five. And this says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Think about that. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And let, let that penetrate. And it says, and it will be given to you. So if you come to him, and I'll, I also want to preface this, you come to him and not looking at him as some genie in a bottle, but you come to him and you've built up that rapport with him. You know, not just coming to him, oh, I, I need something. So let me, you know, go, um, kneel and pray and, you know, he'll, he'll grant me whatever. The thing is, we still have to put in, the, put in that work, put in that time, put in that effort. How would you like it if somebody you know they only come around when they want something from you. They, they, they're not trying to build a relationship with you. They only come around with their hands out. And then once they get that from, whatever from you, then you don't see or hear from them again. So how do you think God feels when you do God that way? 
Do you get the point? Okay. So what he's saying, again, if you lack wisdom, ask and he'll give it. Just like Solomon did. Solomon asked for wisdom. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> he asked for wisdom. When you have wisdom, that is more valuable than all the money in the world. Why? Because when you have that wisdom, you're able to be smart enough to obtain those riches. See, because I also look at it this way also. When you look, look at it this way, when somebody wins the lottery, now they win it because they just pull up they pull a ticket and they just happen to have the numbers. They didn't get it by wisdom or being smart, right? Okay. Most situations, and I'm sure you've heard of this, most situations, when people win a lottery, what happens? They lose the money within a year. That's a fact. Why? Because <clears throat> in most situations, they didn't have the wisdom to sustain the money. They didn't have things in proper order to maintain those finances. They did not make their money grow. They probably went out and spent and spent and spent with no foresight to it. So <clears throat> again, and on anything, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> when and it, like I said, it could be in, in anything. Ask for wisdom, and God will give it freely. He is happy to help you in wisdom. But again, maintain a relationship with him also. Let's go to James chapter 4, verse 7. James 4 and 7. <clears throat> now this says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist that, excuse me, resist the devil and he will flee from you. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm, on, I'm, on a, I'm, on a, I'm on a line here. Whereas, remember I said, have that relationship, that ongoing relationship with God. Well, when the devil is coming at you and you're being mindful of God, you're, you're having that relationship with God on a daily basis, on an ongoing basis, almost 24-7, then you're able to think about God and you're able to submit yourself to him. <clears throat> and when you submit yourself to him, then you're able to resist the devil and the devil will flee from you. So if you're that type of person who is constantly praying, always have God in your thoughts, always talking about God, well, if the devil's trying to come at you, he's going to have a hard go of it. Why? Because you're always talking God. You're always thinking God. You're always speaking to God about God. 
you're always being about God's will, which is his ways. And when you're like that, when you're about God's will and ways, then the devil can't be around that. Now, where the devil does flourish is when you're not thinking about God. You're not praying. You're doing things that you shouldn't be doing opposite of God. That's when the devil can come in and do his thing on you. So it'll be mindful of us to resist the devil in ways of acknowledging God, being about God's will and ways. And when you do that, the devil can't be around you. And that is a promise. The devil has to resist. <clears throat> All right, next one. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Chronicles 7, 14. And it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal, heal their land. And this is a promise. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He says he will forgive you and heal your land. So here's another promise. And again, I, I look at it as you having a, a constant connection with God to humble yourself, to pray. And whatever you may be going through, he will forgive you. Even if you, if you, if you committed a sin, he will forgive you. That is a promise. And he will heal your land. And somebody, you, you may um, correct me on this, but I'm, I'm taking as heal your land being land itself, but also the, the existence of, of, around you. Things are going bad in your surroundings. It will be healed. <clears throat> All right, my next one. John 3.16. Everybody knows this one. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, excuse me, for God so loved the world that he gave his, own, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So, now this is for the unsaved. This is a promise that if you believe in the Son, be it Jesus, if you believe that Jesus existed and died on the cross, that you should not perish, that you will have eternal life. Yes, we all die of the flesh. But eternal life means our soul, our, our, our spirits. We can either, either go into heaven or hell. The choice is ours. 
But the promise is when you believe in Christ, the son, you'll have eternal life. You can bank on that. All right. Next one. Psalms 37 and 4. Now this says, Psalms 37 and 4, take the light in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So what does that mean? Take the light in the Lord. That means that when you go about your day and you're not looking for a drug or alcohol or sex or anything superficial to get you through the day. You are genuinely happy because of who you are in the Lord, because of your existence, because of God himself. You delight in him. You, you sing his praises. You give glory and honor to him. And when you are this way about him and towards him, he will give you the desires of your heart. See, here's the thing. When the word says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, this is what that's talking about. When you seek him first, when you ex exalt him, when you give him praise, when you dance for him, when you're happy for him, in him, then when he sees this, that you're not putting up a front, that you're genuine about it, then he gives you the desires of your heart. And that is a promise. Okay, next one. Proverbs 21 and 20. Proverbs 21 and 20. Now this says, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Now this goes back to <clears throat> which one was that? This goes back to uh, doo -doo -doo, James one and five, where it says that if any of you lacks wisdom, and I <clears throat> I relate the two together, whereas it says the wise have wealth and luxury. The wise, in other words, they have been smart with their money. They have been smart with it. And they have obtained wealth. Remember what I said. When you have wisdom, when you have wisdom, then you're not being crazy with, with, with your finances, with whatever you have. It's greater than having wealth because with that wisdom comes knowledge. And then you're able to acquire and gain wealth through that it says but fools spend whatever they get and just like the, that lottery winner who won a million dollars being the fool they spent it all and they hadn't used wisdom and understanding and knowledge through god is why they lose what they had so the wise have wealth and luxury Think about that. Think about it. So let's move forward on that. Be wise. Ask for knowledge. Ask for wisdom. 
and see and see things turn around for you. Okay, now my last one, which is Luke chapter six, verse 38. Luke six and 38. And it says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. <clears throat> I read that again. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And this is a promise, and this is basically a law of God. Because even, even if you're a non-believer, uh, you know, you don't you don't believe that Jesus, you know, existed or whatever, or you just don't believe in God at all, you being an atheist, but this does apply to even that person. Because if you're a giver, you will receive back if you're and it, and it all and it, it depends on whatever you give <clears throat> you will receive back and god takes into account if you're a poor person you're and you're a giver and it's genuine and from the heart he will pour back into you and same with anybody else but here's the difference on that. Be it a Christian, if you're a giver and you, again, the same comes back on you in return, your ultimate destination is heaven. If you're an atheist, yes, you will receive the benefits of God's law here. But if you had not giving yourself over to the true living God, then your destination is still hell. That's just a fact. So see, God rains down on the, the just and the unjust. But overall, your, your main goal in this situation is to not just have it rain down on you here, but also be heaven bound in the process. So there you have it. I, the 10, I would like to say, promises that still remain the same, no matter the year, no, no, matter, no matter what. Promises that God has for us. So going into a new year, let's try to do what God, let's, let's try to be about God's will. Let's try to be about God's way. And in the process, not just making New Year's resolutions that we just throw out there and then we forget about within a month or so, but make a continued effort to improve ourselves, to improve our relationships with God, 
And when we do this, we will be all the better for it. Until we meet again, this is Fan Line. Love said it. Thank you for checking out Fan Line. Until next time, keep Jesus first and be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Thank you.